Windscape Chapter 21 Dumbarton Rock Jenny woke with a jolt. Disorientated, she knelt up on all fours and tried to remember where she was. Lord, she whispered, giving the old dog a big hug. Lord answered by giving her face a wash with his long, wet tongue. Jamie wiped away the drool with her sleeve and then gave Pavel a shake. Pavel, where are we? Wake up! Pavel grunted and then pulled himself to his feet. We've stopped. I know that, said Jenny. But where have we stopped? Come on, Pavel. All right, all right, moaned Pavel. Keep your hair on. He rubbed his eyes and found the cut he'd made in the canvas the day before at Loch Boysdale. Jenny and Lord crept up behind him. I can't see anything from here, moaned Pavel. He spun round and looked up at the roof. The canvas was stretched over the wooden kit house. There's a hole in the cover. I can see daylight to it, he said. He scrambled up the wooden trusses and found his lamb's foot knife. Pavel, hissed Jenny. Don't. Oops, said Pavel. Too late. He'd cut another crisscross in the canvas. He popped his head out into the morning air. Jenny leapt up to join him. It's Dumbarton, all right, he said. Look! He pointed to a massive lump of granite, roughly the same shape of a pair of camel's humps. There was a castle perched between the twin peaks. That's Dumbarton Rock, said Pavel. Jenny felt the cool breeze on her cheeks. It's amazing. Apart from the castle, she could see that they were next to a big corrugated building on the side of a small river that seemed to lead into a bigger one. We're down at the boathouse, said Pavel. He climbed down through the tangle of wooden spars. The driver must be sleeping. Sliding down from the side of the truck, they edged away and walked across the park to some playing fields and what looked like a running track, all pegged out with rope and ribbons. It must be the cross-country race today, said Pavel. I came second here in primary six. Jenny watched Lord run after a few crows. These crows were completely black, different from the grey hooded ones in Harris. The old, rough-looking sheepdog looked out of place on the well-mown lawn. It was as alien a world to Lord as it was to her. She wandered over to a railing that overlooked the bigger of the two rivers. Pavel eased in beside her. All you have to do is follow that river and turn right at the Erskine Bridge and will be at the Royal Alexandra Hospital. Then Pavel pointed up at Dumbarton Rock. That castle up there sits on the boundary between the River Leven and the Big River, the Clyde. The Clyde flows out to the sea from here. Can you see how it gets wider, the further north you look? He leaned out over the rail and pointed up at the distant mountains. So how do we get to the hospital? asked Jenny. The Royal Alexandra Hospital, corrected Pavel. He looked back down at the river Leven, with its boats and boys. Well, we've no money, so... What are you thinking, Pavel? asked Jenny. I'm thinking that there's only one real road leading from here to the Eskimo Bridge. The Murdochs might wait for us at Milton, or they might go straight to the hospital. I'm thinking 
that they'll never look for us on a boat. Look, Pavel, I don't want to have made it this far just to drown in one of those rickety boats. Jenny pointed back at the river leaving. It must be well before six in the morning, Pavel mused. How do you know that? asked Jenny. Pavel smiled and Jenny looked behind her. A large clock face and a grey church tower showed that it was a quarter to six. By the time she turned round, however, Pavel was gone. Lord had scampered off too. She saw Lord disappear down a ramp. Wait! she shouted. Jenny ran after them, but by the time she'd caught them up, they were already walking down a slope towards a small harbour. Pavel jumped onto one of the boats. She looked about nervously for any sign of a security guard or even the truck driver, but there was no one else around. Pavel waved at her. We shouldn't, she began, but Pavel just waved more vigorously. Come on, they're not all rickety, he said. Jenny ran down the incline and almost tripped on a thick rope. Jenny MacLeod, announced Pavel. Your luxury cruiser awaits. This is stealing, she hissed. She stared wildly about her, jumping on board. On the deck, Lord wagged his tail and nuzzled in. But the doors are locked and the boat's tied up, she said. Powell just shook his head and produced his trusty lamb's foot knife. Both problems can be sorted with this. He began working on a thick rope. You know, I'm not proud of these skills. I just got in with a bad crowd when I lived down here. A right bad crowd. You mean that bully you talked about, who was even worse than Sandy? He was one of them, yes. The rope frayed and then separated, allowing Pavel to cut through the individual strands. I told you he was called Flynn. Yes, but Jenny stared about her convinced they were going to be arrested on the spot. Well, he was evil, but smart with it. And that's the wrong kind of mix. A real bad apple, finished Jenny. You see, I know some of your stupid sayings too. She felt her heart scrunch up inside her chest as the boat began to drift out into the river. Pavel worked on the lock of the cabin. You know, if I can't get this lock picked... In about one minute, we'll probably hit that old boat out there. Brilliant, snapped Jenny. Lord punctuated her outburst with a sharp woof. Don't panic, don't panic. Pavel wiggled his knife a little faster and the lock clicked. There, the cruiser was picking up speed. Quick, urged Pavel, get inside. Jenny wobbled as she stepped into the cabin. It's just a tide, said Pavel. Lucky for us, it's pulling us out into the Clyde. Now, where's the ignition? Pavel randomly flicked switches and turned dials until he found a tiny brass key. Got it! They were only feet from the old boat that was moored midstream. The engine puttered into life. Pavel pushed the throttle forward and turned the wheel. It's going to be close! Jenny held on tight as the cruiser veered recklessly. Bang! The cruiser shuddered, knocking Jenny backwards. You've hit it, she yelled. She's going to need a bit of paintwork after that, right enough, said Pavel. Jenny noticed the sweat on his forehead. 
Where are we going? said Jenny. Out there, said Pavel, frantically turning the wheel. Jenny saw the wide expanse of the Clyde looming ahead of them. The huge outcrop of Dumbarton Rock on their left. Why don't you go below and see what you can find? said Pavel. I need to concentrate. Fine, said Jenny, still unsteady on her feet. She climbed through a brown door and down a set of polished steps. Her hand moved up and down a smooth formica wall until her fingers found the light switch. There was a kitchen, every bit as posh as a murder's, and a fancy door that led to a bedroom. She peered inside the bedroom and saw a mirror with all sorts of perfumes and potions spilt over the sink. Pavel's antics above must have knocked him over. She began to tidy them up, but stopped when she saw a pack that said, Semi-permanent hair dye. She looked at herself in the mirror. Her long blonde hair was a mess. It was straggly and matted. She sighed and examined the pack once more. She traced the label with her fingers and read the instructions. Hmm, the Murdochs won't be looking for a young girl with short brown hair, she thought. She took a strand of her hair and placed it against the label. She read the words out loud in an American accent. Hollywood highlights. Deep chestnut. Spying a pair of scissors, she cut off long chunks of her hair. The blonde strands fell into the sink and soon spilled over onto the floor. She bundled the mess into a bin and rinsed her hair in the sink. She rubbed the dark brown paste into her scalp and looked at herself. Peat-coloured streams traced her cheeks and ran down her neck. She found a towel and rubbed them off. In a white cardboard box, the size of a packet of matches, she found a plastic bathing cap and pinged the elastic over her head. Now she had to wait for ten minutes and then rinse again. While she waited, she plumped herself down on the big soft bed and looked out of one of the portholes. They were passing a massive green boy with walk rails and lights. She could see another harbour full of dead boats, their carcasses all at different stages of decay. The spars of the boats jutted up from the water like the tattered ribcages of rotting whales. She thought of Harris and the ruined whaling stations. A shiver went down her spine as she turned away. As she stood up from the bed, however, she heard a splash. She looked down. The river was flooding in all over the carpet. At least an inch of dirty brown water covered her shoes. Pavel! 